Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sister Julia, I can't even believe you'd question that. This morning, about 11 o'clock, I was there in my office and talking, and the ladies were still just going out here and praying from the 9 o'clock prayer meeting. And my Bible was in here, one of my Bibles, the one I needed, though. And I told Brother Shane, I said, man, I need to go get that Bible. I said, all them wild women out there. You had to be here for the message of the Sunday night, born to be wild. And they was wild in the Holy Ghost. And sure enough, when I stepped up, I said, Brother Becker, we want to pray for you. <laughs> and uh, hallelujah. A few minutes later, <laughs> I found my Bible. But I just felt a wonderful touch of the Holy Ghost. Folks, prayer is what's keeping the engine going. If you don't have a prayer life, you need to have a prayer life. I would encourage anybody that can to come to the special prayer meetings that's going on. Uh, be praying for our camp meeting. We won't be having church Sunday night here. We'll be out the campground. Brother Huntley, the Lord willing to be preaching. And uh, I would encourage you as much as you can to go next week. Brother Cornwell will be preaching 9.30 or 10 in the morning. Brother Tenney about noon. And, of course, Brother Huntley every night. These are tremendous preachers, tremendous preachers. So I encourage you to go. But uh, the Lord's good to us, is he not? I feel good in my soul. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'd like to turn to Proverbs, the 22nd chapter. Praise the Lord. Are we all staying in tonight, Brother Brown? Okay. You're going to take the kids out in a minute. The little kids. The which side? The middle side? Okay. Proverbs 22 and verse 17 says, Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them within thee. They shall withal be fitted in thy lips that thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to thee this day even to thee. Have not I written to thee excellent things and counsels and knowledge that I might make these know the certainty of the words of truth that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. Everybody say praise the Lord. Bless you may be seated. I want to talk tonight, and Brother Adcock was talking about it, but about faith and trust. Faith and trust. And we've got to learn to trust the Lord. I say you have to learn to trust the Lord. Uh, there's something about human nature that uh, after Satan deceived Eve, there's something in our nature not to trust people. We went yesterday to Jazz Land, took the little boys over there, and I burned out after about four hours. But we're standing in line. This lady came up to me, and she said, Look, I've got a season pass here. said, I've got some coupons to get people in for just $5 a piece. The tickets are $28. She said, I'll let you have them for $10. I said, well, praise the Lord. I, I said, I'll do it. But I, was, I hated to give her my money because I was afraid she's trying to con me out of that thing. You ever notice these things that sound too good to be true usually are? But lo and behold, I got the tickets and got in for $10, you know. I was glad to do that. But there's something about human nature that we have been deceived and we've been hurt and we've seen things happen. And if we're not careful, we'll get a critical judgmental spirit even about the Lord if we're not careful. You know, we say a lot of times the Lord has never failed me, but the truth is sometimes we have felt he has failed us. 
we have felt that way. Now, we really wouldn't admit that to nobody. But you was praying about somebody being saved or you was praying about some situation that, God, you just got to come through and it didn't happen like you thought it was going to happen. And the devil will jump on your shoulder and tell you that the Lord didn't keep his word. And that's why, really, I want to talk probably more about trust than I am about faith. Uh, This little saying was found in a, a preacher's Bible after he died. It said, trust is a dimension beyond faith. Faith will see miracles, but trust will carry you through when you can't understand why faith didn't work. Not always can faith deliver from the dens of lions, but it's trust that will be able to keep you. Not only faith that will deliver you from the valley of shadow of death, but trust will carry you through the valley. I would like for God to always show up on the scene and carry me out of that situation and work a miracle. And I've tried to have faith, man. I believed, and and I I quoted scriptures, and I stood on the word, and, man, I pled the blood, and I did everything. And you know what? Sometimes it doesn't happen. And so I've got to have trust that, God, I don't understand it, but I know that you're God, and I know that you've got everything under control. And, God, I'm going to lean not to my own understanding, but I'm going to acknowledge you. And I'm going to tell you that's hard to do sometimes. It really is. Webster says trust is just confidence. Uh, a simple thing, confidence. you got confidence. There's been times in, in my life that, been times when I've been playing ball, you know, somebody gets on a hot streak and they're hitting good. You just feel good when they go to the plate. You just, just knew they was going to get a hit. You know what they do. And then other times, I'd, you'd tell yourself, man, I'm probably going to pop up. And you get up there and what, you know what you do? You pop up. Because somehow you plan that thought in your mind. And if we're not careful, you see, James said a, 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 a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So we're praying on Sunday night, God, I'm believing for a miracle. And when it don't happen, if we're not careful, that by Tuesday we're saying, I guess it's not going to happen. But you see, faith can waver. Trust has got to be steadfast. You've got to say, God, I'm putting my hand in your hand, and I'm going to believe whatever happens is just going to have to happen. Folks, everything isn't going to work out the way you want it to. I'm, I'm sure that everybody here knows that. I hope even the young people know that. Guys, you don't always get to be with the girlfriends you want to be with. Girls, all these hunks <laughs> up here. I'm talking about those that weigh over 250 pounds. No, uh, all these hunks up here, they may not ever give you any attention at all. Life does not work out. Matter of fact, hardly anything in life works out like I thought it was going to. Am I the only one that feels that way? When you look back, I, I'd give you a challenge right down right now in the next week or two what you'd like to see happen in the next year. And a year from now, look back and see what happened. A lot of it's not going to happen. Sometimes you get more than what you thought was going to happen. But the real tr- the key is, do you still trust the Lord? Even if you've been through the valley, even if you've been through the hard times, can you somehow hold on? You say, like Once again, I say it's not an inherent characteristic of man. You see, when Satan came to Eve, uh, Eve said, we can't take that. And, and the serpent said, you won't die. Putting that doubt, the devil loves to put doubt in your mind. You can't live that life. You, you can't pray every day. You, you can't read your Bible every day. Nobody really expects anybody to do that. No, nobody's actually doing that. Put all this doubt in your mind. 
And that's why you got to get down to trusting the Lord. It says here in verse 17, we are to lend our ears and hear the words of the wise. I say, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of the Father, which giveth to all men liberally. We need that. And I tell you what, you got to have confidence in the Word of God. you got to believe these scriptures right here. And I tell you, the one we preach a lot, all things work together for the girls that love the Lord. That's a good one to preach, but it's hard to live by sometimes when things are going wrong. God, I thought this was going to work out a different way. I didn't know this was going to happen to me. And there's something about this, the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. If you're having trouble with faith and trust, you need to get into the word more. You need to study the word. You need to quote the word. You need to meditate on the word. God, let this word just absorb me. Because when you're really in the word, your faith begins to soar, and you begin to understand that truly he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if God could take care of David, he can take care of me. If he can take care of Samuel, he can take care of me that God is no respect of persons and that I've, when I really begin to believe that this is the word of God it helps my trust oh I'm glad I've never doubted this is the word of the Lord I'm glad I've never doubted that I was taught as a child that B-I-B-L-E that's the book for me I stand upon <laughs> the B-I-B-L-E I don't remember the song but I got the gist of it praise God this is the word of God I don't believe this is part of the word of the Lord I believe this is everything he intended for us to have right in this book right here I don't have to have any other book I don't have to have a commentary on it this is the word of God people try to analyze the word they try to take out the meaning of things they try to tell you well that was just a figurative statement there and there are some figurative statements in the word of the Lord especially over in Revelation you know it's talking about the dragon waiting for the child to be born you know I mean there's there's some things in there but most of the word of the Lord if you'll just read it and do what it says you'll be in good shape we believe in a literal interpretation of the word of the Lord and then of course what builds your trust is some personal experiences. There's nothing like a personal experience. Do you know you can't get confidence in anything until you actually do it yourself? You can study it. You can read about it all you want to. But until you actually have been there and you find out, how would you like to be? I don't think I'd want to wear, I know it wouldn't want to be a policeman, but they wear these bulletproof vests. Now, I'd be concerned, is that really a bulletproof vest? Wouldn't you? You know, I mean, you know, the guy whoops his gun out, and you just say, hey, shoot from here down. I don't care. Now, I just don't know if I'd, you know, feel kind of like saying that. I mean, you know, I've seen pictures of them. They don't look all that thick. And, of course, I understand that there are some bullets that will go through those things now. It might stop that twenty-two pistol, but somebody whoops out them 308s or whatever they are, bullets there or something, you know. I mean, that thing goes plumb through there. They've got some high-powered weapons, but you see, there's people trusting in things that they just hoping it's going to work. I don't want to just hope. I want to really trust God. I want to really believe that God, when I'm in the midst of the fire, that God, I'm going to come out all right. I may come out with no money. I may come out with bad health, but God, my soul has got to be all right. I've got to be saved. And so... We're going to have trials. You're going to have sickness. 
You're going to have hurts. You're going to have disappointments. None of that can destroy you if you are determined to be saved. There's a lot of people that's looking for a way to get off the highway. They're waiting for something to happen so they can say, this is why I'm not a Christian. But the people that make it's going to be people that no matter what happens, no matter how many speed bumps they hit, no matter how many times the tire blows out, no matter what kind of problems they have, they've got it in their mind. There's no thought of quitting. There's no thought of giving up. There's no thought of turning around. There's no thought of it's too hard. I've got to make it, folks. I've got to make it. I was listening to a tape the other day, and it's just inspired me. And wasn't planning on saying it tonight, but it was talking about we all know there's things that we should do. We should eat right. We should, you know, lose weight. We should, you know, there's all kinds of things we should. But until we make a should a must, it just doesn't happen. That's why when they said, what must we do to be saved? They weren't asking, what do you think would work? We want to know, what does it take? And you've got to get some must in your mind. Now, I must pray. I must read the Word. I must come to the house of the Lord. I must worship God. I must get a touch of the Holy Ghost. I must let the Spirit move upon me. Not, not I should. I, I got to get some must in here. Because if we're not careful, the shoulds of life will destroy us. David, after 40 years of leading Israel, 2 Samuel 22 and 3 says, In him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. Thou saveth me from violence. He knew he had a great army. He knew about the mighty men, but he knew when it came down to the bottom line that if God's not out there with me, those strong guys aren't going to save me, that God has got to have his hand upon us. And I tell you what, you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to go around worrying about what's going to happen. That God, I believe I'm in your perfect will, and I'm trying to do right and live right and just believe that God is going to work his plan in your life. you got to believe that, folks. You're going to be frustrated if you don't believe that. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're always second-guessing God, and I've been there, you're trying to help God out, trying to tell him, now, God, this is how you could work this out. Now, Lord, if you'd lay this on somebody's heart and you give them to somebody, you're trying to work it all out. Real trust. I mean, real trust. And, you know, it takes a long time to really trust people. It really does. It takes a long time to even trust your spouse, really trust. That's why I'll tell you right now, and I, I forgot Brother Dobbs said it last year at the retreat. He said, never, men, never lie to your wives. Of course, that's a good policy general I don't lie but he was saying because when you break that trust it takes a long time to get that confidence back you see and there's some people that over a period of time you find out those you can trust and those you can depend on and those that you know is going to be right there there's no doubt in my mind that I could go get on the phone right now and call my mom and dad. And anything that there was a necessity that I had to have, I know that they, I could trust them to do what they needed to be done. Because they've proven it time and time and time again. And you need to get that kind of confidence in God. 
That doesn't mean it always worked out. Not that he showed up and gave you money, but that you're still here. You're still in the battle. You may be bruised. You may be wounded. You may have been hurt, but somehow you made up your mind. You just had to make it. My, my brother Gary, who was here the other week, uh, naturally him being older than me, and of course I wasn't living for God for a long time, I always looked up to him uh, as kind of a hero. And he pastored some big churches. And four or five years ago, went through some hard times and left the church. Had been running about 300. And, and he got discouraged. Actually, he got a little bitter. Just to be sure, he got a little bitter. And he had never worked. Uh, he had always been full-time ministry from the time he was 21 years old. And he don't have a skill. Guys, get you a skill. He had to go to work out there at Alumax where my sister's the personnel lady. I'm not about a man that was pastoring 300 people at one time getting paid well for doing that and he was making seven dollars an hour i'm talking about a man that that he got discouraged and didn't preach for about six months to a year or something like that and then the first time or two he preached after that you could tell it wasn't there but you know i, I need to tell him now i'm actually more proud of him now than i was then because he proved he wasn't preaching for the loaves and the fishes because he's gone to start a little church up there preaching to 10 and 15 and 20. He proved that I'm going to live for God no matter what my circumstances are and my situations are. And folks, you're going to have to get that kind of determination. You're going to have to get that kind of made-up mind that, God, I'm trusting you. Because you may get severely tested. Matter of fact, you will get severely tested. Don't let me say may. If you're on the track every once in a while, you're going to get tested. If you're, if you're not getting those kind of tests, you, you probably ain't on the right track. If it's easy, you're probably going the wrong way. I didn't say it was a hardship. I just said if it's easy all the time, you're probably going the wrong way. Because there's something about this trust. The Lord knows here we are living at the coming of the Lord. I really believe this. And in this last days, wimpy saints ain't going to make it. Just going to tell you right now, they ain't going to make it. And so God is trying to prepare the generation that's going to be here when he comes back. Because I believe there's probably going to be some testing and trials. I, I, pro I believe there's probably going to be some things happen we're not going to understand. And so if we can't live for God now... You know, if we can't suck it up with a little problem now, how are we going to do it if they tell us we can't buy food because we hadn't got the mark? What in the world are we going to do then? Somehow we got to learn to trust God now. That, Lord, I'm believing today you're really providing my daily bread. See, the real truth is our, our returning of thanks is just a habit nowadays. So you, you just We always say the blessing over the food. But it wasn't the same as it was years ago when they didn't know where it was coming from. They were sitting there and didn't have nothing to eat, and somebody knocked on the door and said, I brought you something. Boy, they prayed a sincere prayer. Thank you, Lord, for providing for me. There may come a day that we have to do that again, folks, that we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know where our, our meal's coming from. And you're talking about sincere prayer, it's going to happen then. But this, this is something that I, I wished we could learn, and I wished I could learn, is that we could learn from other people, watching other people's lives. Why is it we have to learn the hard way? You know, they say experience is the best teacher. It is, but it charges the highest tuition. 
I promise you it does. You don't forget the lessons as easy, but it costs you something. But why the Bible is written for an example to us, it says, that we ought to look and see how people, he said Elijah was a man of like passion, just like we are, and yet he prayed that it not rain, and it didn't rain. He was a man just like us. They weren't supermen. They just believed in God. If we could just, somebody could ever wake up one day and just read the Bible and just say, you know, I just believe what that book says and just really stand on that, it would make life so much simpler, so much easier if we would just trust the Lord. You see, you do have to have faith. You know, you can't please God without faith. You know, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know, uh, it's impossible to trust him without first having faith. But you know what? You can have faith and not have trust. There are people out here that do not preach and teach what we preach and teach that are seeing some miracles. I do believe that. I don't believe all of them are. I believe some of them is a con. But you know why? They got faith. They may not have salvation, but they got faith. They believe in God. They believe he's a miracle worker, and God will honor his word. I want to believe that he's a miracle worker, but I want you to understand you better get a hold of trust. You see, you can have faith without trust, but if you get trust, you'll have faith. See, if you really trust God, you'll begin to say, God, I know that you kept me through the storm of 92, and you kept me in that hard time of 95, and I got faith and confidence that you're going to help me in the year 2000, that I can make it all the way. Actually, trust is what holds faith in place. It's got to, you see, faith expects things. Trust accepts things. Or some things I hadn't wanted to accept. Have you? Aren't there some things? I never will forget, and I wasn't but 21, I guess, when my daddy called and told me my two little brothers had been in a car wreck. And they called back and said, Jerry hadn't come to, you better get down here. And I walked in that room, and he was already, his eyes was already glazed over his own that ventilator, but he was already gone, really. But, I, but we was trying to believe God was trying even though he was already cold man you he was cold in his eyes i mean had a build up on his eyes it was terrible but i was trying to believe we was all crying and praying and god work a miracle and let this hospital see that you're still a god that you're still on the throne and it didn't happen and so you got to accept sometimes god's ways are different than our ways we don't understand sometimes what's happened. We don't understand the purpose. You don't understand maybe somebody's going to be saved that wouldn't have been saved. And you see, a soul is worth everything to him. But, you know, that one song says, we'll understand it better by and by. You know, if I could ask the Lord questions right now, there's a lot of questions I'd ask him. But the real truth is, by and by, if I make it, I ain't going to worry about it. You know, if I just make it, I'm not going to worry. Well, why did that have to happen? He's probably going to wipe it all out of my mind. Faith produces change. Trust submits to unchanged conditions. That I still trust you, Lord. That, God, I, I, I have prayed. I don't mean I'm going to quit praying. If they tell me that I, I, this whole thing here is eat up here, I'll go to my grave praying for it. But I don't want to lose faith and trust in God if he don't heal me. I believe he heals people. I really do. But I tell you what, the real truth is everybody's not healed. That's just a fact. 
Now, I'm going to pray. I guarantee you I'm going to pray. For, I'm going to keep on holding on to God. But you see, I'm going to have to accept the fact that God knows better than me. You see, the whole thing with authority, God's our boss, is that if, if you ever worked on a job and they gave you an order and, and you just didn't think it made sense, am I the only one where, you've been, you know, where they just told you, in effect, dig a hole and now fill it back up? You know, it just doesn't seem to make sense. But you see, if they're the authority, that's what I'm going to do. And sometimes, you know, they're paying us. And sometimes it almost seems like the Lord says, dig a hole. And you're thinking, oh, Lord, gold is going to come in that hole. And he says, now fill it back up. And all you did was spend the whole day's work filling it back up. But see, we don't understand God's ways. And I, I, we have trouble with this. Or maybe y'all don't. I do sometimes. I, I don't understand it. God, he's just up there. And the way he deals with people. You know, some people respond to the love of God. Some people have to have tragedy. Some people respond, uh, you know, to a kindness. Other people, they don't respond to kindness at all. Why is that? Everybody's not the same. God deals with us differently. Do you ever look at anybody else in the church and think, well, Lord, you're just a blessing them? Surely they ain't no better than me. I know what they did last year, Lord. You ever feel that way? I know nobody here did, but I'm just saying some of these other churches. You know, Lord, I, I know something about them you evidently have forgotten. Well, evidently, Lord knows something about them you don't know. But it's sometimes the blessings of God is flowing on somebody. You don't know where all they've been and what all has happened in their life. But I ought to not be judging them. I ought to just be saying, hey, if God did it for them, he can do it for me. But if he don't, I tell you what, I'm going to trust him anyhow. You've got to do that. You see, faith reaches and trusts retains faith rushes and trust waits that waiting is what kills me really just waiting I, I didn't really believe used to that I was impatient but I, I'm about to become convinced I guess I am because you know I had to wait 45 minutes to ride the roller coaster I wasn't there, and a girl threw up before we even got on before we even got on, man. Me and Brett's just standing there, and I thought, what is she? Oh I, oh, I know what she's doing, man. She was just leaning over there. I thought, that's gross. I've been standing here for 40 minutes to see that. That ain't what I got in this line for. Well, I got in the line for the thrills. You ever feel like you got in the church because, boy, you felt the thrill, and you found out somebody was throwing up in front of you? It wasn't what you thought it was, folks. It's not all going to be what you think it is. And the greatest test is the test of time. Some people can live for God a week, some a month, some for 10 years, some for 40 years and then lose out. Oh, God, I don't want to lose out. I don't want to let anything happen that will separate me from the love of God. Is that waiting on the Lord when he doesn't show up. That's what got Saul in trouble. He couldn't wait for Samuel to get there and, and do his priestly duties and so he took it upon himself and he rushed it you ever notice when you rush things it just don't come out right i say sometimes you know we got that garage door opener and you know i'm supposed to make up the bed every day and uh i hadn't and i hear the door going up <laughs> i know i hadn't got but just a second or two you know because you step right in out of the garage into our bedroom nearly 
And so I rush in there. I hadn't got time to pull the sheet up first. I just grab them all and just sling it up there and do, the, do this little number there for the pillows and, and then throw other pillows on top. And then I jump on the bed and act like I've been laying there a while. That's why it's messed up. <laughs> but you're rushing in there. Whereas you're waiting. Hey, is, hey I just got to tell y'all. Now, y'all don't tell my wife this. She told me not to tell y'all. She said she's going to be upset with me. But we was yesterday morning. We was down there in New Orleans. And we're try, and all of a sudden, I hear her going, what is going on? I looked over and she had her jumper. And it was somehow wadded up just right around the waist here. And she couldn't get it up or couldn't get it down either one. And I thought about why we preach against tight clothing. <laughs> and uh, and come, finally she got it off, and it was Shelly's jumper. <laughs> but she, would, she was trying to get it on and get it off. And I thought, sometimes we're trying to put somebody else's jumper on, folks. Do you know your calling is not the same as my calling? Now, everybody have your hand up. We're not going to repeat that. It was just a point I was making. Sometimes we try to be like somebody else. Do you know one of the things that I do appreciate about Brother Hutchbeth and lots of things I appreciate about him? You're going to get me in trouble, Sister Judy. Uh, Brother Hutchbeth encouraged me. One day we'll have Brother Hutchbeth over here preach for you. And Brother Hutchbeth is a tremendous man. But he's a lot more laid back than I am. He's not near as humorous as I am. He's real serious-minded. And But he told me when I first started preaching, Brother David, you got to be yourself. And you know, that really is true, folks. I can't pretend to be somebody else. You've got to be what God called you to be. Everybody don't have the same job. But we're all in the kingdom of God. You see, somebody's got to hold up the wall over here, man. There's got to be some studs in this wall. There's got to be rafters or whatever there is. I mean, there's got to be concrete here. Y'all know what's in a building. You've got to have more than just the carpet. And a lot of times we don't understand that. And so, Lord, help us to understand this waiting on the Lord. Does it not say, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength? And we have trouble waiting. You know what I've noticed about these ladies' prayer meetings? Seems like they get hotter after about an hour, hour and a half. You know why a lot of us aren't having those kind of prayer meetings? We ain't praying no hour, hour and a half. If the Lord don't make it during about 10 minutes, well, Lord, I tried. Waiting on the Lord. You ought to just sometime make up your mind on one of these nights to dedicate yourself or come to the church on Saturday and say, Lord, I'm not going to leave until I feel like you're pleased with my worship. That I'm not here for 15 minutes or 30 minutes. That I'm going to just wait on you and I'm going to sing to you and I'm going to pray and I'm just going to talk to you. Because we rush in this thing and trying to get it happen. You see, trust can wait. Trust can wait. Because you've got confidence it's going to work out. Faith is believing, but trust is knowing. Daniel, he was a great man of faith, but he had to really trust the Lord to get thrown into the lion's den. There's a few other ways I'd rather go than a lion biting me. Have y'all seen the, ever seen a guy stick his head in the lion's mouth at the circus or something? 
You didn't, Brother Guy? Well, you see it on the radio? I mean, they open his hand. Anyway, I'm just saying. And that guy sticky his head in there. Now, you know he's got that line doped up. Wouldn't nobody in their right mind do that. But if, if they's going to kill me, I'd rather you do something, you know, just as much as I hate needles, just go ahead and stick me with a needle, man. Don't tell me you're going to throw me in the rattlesnakes or something, you know. But somehow trust is knowing. It's knowing that it's going to be all right. And, and listen, folks, knowing it's going to be all right is a wonderful feeling. I've had a few times in my life that I knew, I'm talking about I was in a great time of trial. I had sometimes I didn't, I, I, I didn't have that confidence. Sometimes I just, God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? But I've had a few times in my life that just somehow or another a peace came over me. Everything's going to be all right. That's a wonderful feeling. I don't know when, I don't know how, but God, everything's going to be all right. Oh, I love it when it's there. But every once in a while, he sticks in these situations to find out. James and Peter, you know, one was delivered. The other one was beheaded, you know. <laughs> James, of course, didn't know it, but some of his friends did. You chop, they chopped James's head off, but Peter gets delivered out of prison. What kind of deal is that? Well, it's a good deal for Peter. But James, his, I'm sure his friends thought, God, I don't understand this. Well, I don't understand it. Are you going to trust God or not? See, when you start trying to question everything that happens in your life, you're going to be miserable. Let me just say that again. You're going to be miserable. There's just some things you got to accept. you got to have it. you just got to have it, folks. When prayers aren't answered as you wish, don't abandon your faith, but just put trust in action. Let me tell you what we're not supposed to trust in. Mark 10 says we're not to trust in riches. Anybody live long enough know that there's a few times money don't help? Now, a lot of my problems could be satisfied by money. But I got two or three problems, situations, money won't help at all. Just won't help at all. So these people that's trusting in their money, there's going to come a day or a situation that they're going to be left high and dry. And, of course, Isaiah 42, 17 says we're not to trust in idols. You know, I don't know why they're trusting them. But 2 Corinthians one, eight, and nine said we're not to trust in ourselves. You ever hear somebody talk about they're a self-made man? They're really bragging on themselves, what they're really saying. I did this my way. I worked hard. I pulled myself up by the, what is it? Bootstraps, yeah. What is a bootstrap? A little thing on the side. I can't even reach them, but anyway, hallelujah. So uh, I'm just saying that they're trying to bring a little honor to themselves is what they're trying to do. Folks, you can't trust yourself. I had a, matter of fact, I'll tell you who it is, because y'all know I, I love Brother Hill and talk about Brother Hill. Brother Hill's a great man, but I heard him say one time, he said, you know, even if I didn't live for God, I wouldn't have never smoked or drank. I don't think I believe that. You don't know what you'd do. You get out from under the blood, you don't know what you'll do. I did some things I'm ashamed of. I'm talking about, you know, I confess a lot of things. There's a few things I just ain't confessing. I'm just ashamed. I didn't plan on it, but just somehow I got it from under the blood, and I'm just enough human that you get anybody in the wrong situation, something bad's going to happen. I tell you what I do trust in. I trust the blood. Praise the Lord. I say I trust the blood. I don't care where you've been or what you've done. As long as you've repented of it, that's good enough for me. 
Now, I, I know, and may, maybe I ought to be different, you know. Uh, I, I know used to years ago, back when even when I was a boy, somebody prayed through, you know, they'd sit there a year before they'd let them, you know, give an offering nearly seemed like. You know, nothing wrong with that. But I'm just going to tell you, it's good to be involved. It is good to be involved. I just want to know somebody trying to do right. That's what I want to know. Because, you see, I, I can't be casting too many stones. The Bible says, and such were some of you, named off this list of things. And such were some of you. Boy, I'm glad we don't have to have true confession here, don't, aren't y'all at church? <laughs> you know, sometimes I would say, who's got the most children here? I'd like to say, who's done the worst thing here? Boy, wouldn't that be a pitiful, boy, we'd have a rough go. Oh, yeah, we're not going to do it. Brother Edcock's even getting there. Oh, please. He, he don't want to confess in front of us, you know. None of us want to. And I'm glad you don't have to, praise the Lord. I'm glad I don't have to sit in the box and y'all come and tell me what you did. Praise the Lord. Seriously, I am glad of that. You know, because you know sooner or later you figure out who is on the other side. If you don't, when they leave, you peek out the door and see who that was. <laughs> I mean, I mean, after you hear some of them stories, you, I would think so. And I don't mean that the wrong way. I'm just telling you, human nature, I'd want to know who in the world that was. But you see, the truth of the matter is, I give it to Jesus. You just give it to him. Tell him you're going to turn around. Miracles, such as one where the loaves and the fishes multiplied, brings out throngs of followers. And I do believe this. What we need in this church, really, we need a bona fide miracle. We need somebody that was grew up in Brandon that's in a wheelchair or something to come in here and get healed. We need the biggest doper or drunk in Rankin County to come and pray through and everybody see what changed his life. Really, that's what we need to see to really get this town fired up. But, you see, that, that would inspire everybody. But trust follows when there's no loaves or fishes trust is there when jesus spoke a few hard sayings and it says they all left him and he looked to his disciples and said you're gonna leave me too you see they had some understanding where would we go what would we do folks there's nothing in the world out there i wish i could get young people to comprehend there is nothing in the world it's vanity and vexation of spirit that there is no peace, there is no joy. Now, there's a good time for a season, but as far as peace and joy, you only find it in the house of the Lord in living your life for Him. Trust is unaffected by circumstances. Huh. Trust is a powerful sedative for the soul. It'll calm your fears. It'll ease tensions. Uh, it's just amazing what real trust can do. It's not affected by the environment, by war, by peace, poverty, or prosperity. You know, matter of fact, some of the happiest people I've ever known, really, have been people that didn't have a lot of this world's riches. I'm talking about, a, uh, there was a man over in East Texas. He had, it looked like, I, I mean, I don't want to be expanding, but he drove a station wagon, and it looked like he had six or seven children. I mean, we was preaching revival there. And he had, the pastor told me, some job. You know, his wife didn't work, and he didn't make much money. And I, I thought maybe he was just trying to con me as an evangelist, because every time I'd say, Brother, how you doing? He'd say, Wonderful. And I'd think, Man, if I had six or seven kids, I just, I don't know, Bo, if I could say that, man. 
I say six or seven. And I asked the pastor, I said, look, this guy's always telling me he's wonderful. He said, he's always like that. I said, and he just, he said, yeah, they have to drive 15 miles. They live way out there, and they, and they live in a really bad place, he said. I mean, just run down place. But the man understood life is not the abundance of things. Now, if God blesses you, so be it. Wonderful. But I tell you what, if you don't have things of this world, he's still wonderful. God's still wonderful. He's still great. He's still precious. He's still mighty. See, some people think that uh, that receiving things means that you've got the blessing of God. That's not entirely true. Uh, the rich people in Rankin County, most of them ain't living for God. Uh, that's not a matter of them being godly. Some of them inherited it. Some of them have a talent or ability to make it. But you see, I just want to be saved, folks. I just want to be saved. I want to sing that old chorus Sister Robin, tis so sweet. Y'all know I love this song. To trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll go with you to the end. Folks, we're almost to the end. We're almost to the end. I wish we'd grasp that. What little bit of time I used to jog. When I got within sight of where I was going to stop, I disciplined myself to pick the pace up. Just give it everything I had. That last 100 yards, usually, I, I mean, I wasn't going real fast, but I'd go faster than I'd been going because I knew I can see the finish line. I can make it from here. Oh, I wish some of us could really see the finish line. We're almost there. Wouldn't it be a tragedy to lose out with God the day before he came? Wouldn't it be a tragedy to lose out with God the day before you had a heart attack and snatched out into eternity? Oh, Lord, I want to be saved. Don't want anything in my heart. Don't want anything to hinder me. I want to keep my trust in Him. Tis so sweet. Why don't we stand?